Okay, so this is uh, recording number two uh, with regards to anatomy, physiology, and the mind-body connection. Uh, my question uh, right now is regarding um, what you were saying about uh, each individual having certain type of intention, certain type of behavior. You know, could you put that in terms of the physiology of the brain without getting too technical? Because I think if the general audience, patients, even someone like me, begins to understand this in terms of how my brain is affected by my decisions, by my emotions, by my thoughts, the physiology of the brain, the function of the brain, the, the various neurotransmitters, how they change, uh, without getting into so much technical aspect. But I think if we look at the, the effect on the, the organ itself, that might be an interesting uh, avenue for us here. So the brain, as we know, is a um, an organ. Uh, of course, it's part of the ne- neurological system. But the main part of when somebody says my brain, it means that it's um, a, an organ or organ system which generates. Uh, it's kind of part of the mind or the mind is a part of it. However you want to you know, look at it. The brain itself, the anatomical part, of course, has a lot of nerve cells, has, you know, two hemispheres, a lot of nerves coming from there, then entering into the spinal cord, and the spinal cord is through, and parts of the spinal cord um, are spinal nerves, which is innervating, that means it's um, connecting with uh, and making all the different organ systems work, everything. So, obviously, it's a big part of our, you know, whole body or the anatomy of the body and the physiological right so So, but um where the thoughts are generated is i'm not gonna answer this but i didn't want that i thought i did do not disturb what the heck happened there something happened here too hold on I, gotta st- I don't know how to stop this thing you now. You did that, see? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so the brain is an organ or an organ system where thoughts are generated. Um, and if you look at what does mind mean, it just means that um, it's a it's it's kind of like you can look at it as a playground or a, a vast meadow where you have these you know thoughts being generated and because of the thoughts is how you decide what you want to do um for example what kind of an action you're going to take because of the thoughts um analyzing so the different parts of the brain which does different things one is for the speech one is for comprehension one is expression one is memories one is uh, analytical part of it so there's different parts of the brain which are responsible for these different things um so at in the beginning, um, this was many years ago. We had thought that you know, if we we come with a certain brain and um, and that's it, and you cannot do anything after that. But recently, we talk about neuroplasticity, which means that you can modify your brain, and that's amazing because uh, that means you can change your future. You can change the way uh, if you change the way you think. You you know, regenerate a lot of part of the brains. Um, uh, where um, you can have, a, you know, really modify um, your um, life as you go along by modifying your behavior. So it's just a 
um, area where it is uh, with tremendous, um, you know, tremendous ideas where they're formed and everything you know in our in our lives um, is based off of ideas when you have an idea and then you uh, analyze it uh, figure out how it's going to work um, and implement it into action and you see it kind of unfold in front of you and there you go we've created man has created so many different things but it started with an idea it started with a thought so it's almost like this huge um, organ system which is a generator of these thoughts and uh, new ideas, creation, we talk about creativity, we talk about art, we talk about music, everything starts that particular part of the brain which is getting, um, which lights up like a light bulb and you know the more you um, give it um, energy or you give it uh, fuel it just blossoms into something you know amazing and that's the uniqueness about human beings. So what you're saying is that we as human beings who have this consciousness or self-awareness we're able to think in different ways we have different emotions we are actually affecting perhaps really on a moment-to-moment basis the physiology of the brain the 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 way the brain is functioning is that what you're saying absolutely that is what i'm saying so that is why we need to know that everything is modifiable and it's Mm. not what you come with yes you come with a certain set of you know patterns or anything like that but then you have the ability to um, modify it, even grow new uh, neurons in your brain. For example, elderly people after a certain age, uh, the only reason we see them declining is because they don't know, first of all, are not aware that this can happen. And the second thing is they don't keep it stimulated. They don't keep it um, uh, going and they just basically let it decline because they're not using it so when you stimulate your brain by doing uh, exciting things even at that age of 80 something new something um, unique that you haven't learned you have you're being more creative you started learning and um, practicing knitting for or art or music or trying a music instrument these are the times when the new you know neuroplasticity occurs and you see a whole new potential of what you're capable of just back up just for a moment you use the expression or the word neuroplasticity could you explain what that is so that means that it's pliable or it's modifiable you know as opposed to like a fixed structure exactly because we always thought that with anatomy we were taught that this brain is a structure and um, you have so many neurons and you have so many any, um, neurological cells and parts of neuron and you know all that kind of things and it was just fixed that in fact we were told that it it cannot be uh, that's the only part of the body which cannot regenerate right um, that's what we were traditionally taught exactly yes. but it's not about regeneration but you can modify it and you do grow new neurons the connections neuronal connections that we're talking about you may have certain neurons and be dormant and not really work for you you know it's interesting the common expression that people use healthy body healthy mind but in reality what you're saying is healthy mind healthy brain absolutely so could you talk about that exactly so that's the point so that is why we have to understand that we are so powerful and every time we and again it's like what are the possibilities and there is no limit we are limitless Mm -hmm. it is all what we put limits on um, based on whatever our experiences from the past or uh, what people have told us or um 
uh, what have we picked up from media. So we developed these limiting beliefs, which kind of doesn't allow us to do what we could do. So let's just to be clear, the limiting beliefs, limiting thoughts, negative thought loops, negative emotions. <coughs> these things directly impact the function of the brain, which impacts the function of all the other physiological systems of the body. As you, as you said in the previous recording, the way that diseases actually develop. So that linkage which you're describing uh, is not in most people's minds, I, I would think. I mean I, I mean, I think we know it in some way or another, but this this idea that I can actually change and enhance my brain and in doing so, my experience of life is better. So could you talk about the experience of life in terms of the actual brain changes? You know, because there is this organ, this tremendous organ that's the brain, and it's functioning in a certain way at any given point. But it can function better, right? So maybe that, that description of that might be good. The easiest way to, you know, have your function brain function better is to learn new skills and it doesn't have to be big skills because if you remember learning new skills or learning new things even if you if it's a fact or something like that even you may not be physically capable if you're older but um it, of course it's better it's probably easier to do it when you're younger but those whenever you learned a new fact or something new remember the d days when you were when you were a child you were ecstatic and that's the the energy or that's the feeling we want to create which enhances your whole nervous system your brain to actually do that neuroplasticity yes. and then obviously the body which is following the mind functions much better for example in, when you were a kid you learn how to drive a bicycle in before you had training wheels the moment you turn without falling it's a huge stage where people where kids go through this immense sense of achievement and why that's important is because that sense of achievement brings on this energetic vibration which is completely like almost like ecstatic mm -hmm. which is beneficial mm -hmm. for the brain yeah. not only for the brain but also for the whole body to function at its peak and uh -huh. that's what we want people to continue doing it every stage of life and it you know because that's yeah, when you are able to get the best out of life and that's what I'm trying to say for example why is it so difficult the next question is because from you're always thinking about how the body will react so let's say for example if I want to run a um, 50 miles and I haven't done any running in my life so the first thing would be which is real which is not um, I mean it's not just in my head but I would say okay my body is not prepared to even do a mile how am I going to do 50 miles it's not possible so the moment you decided already that it's not possible you cannot move a muscle so exactly. that's not going to happen, but... Mm -hmm. which, is an, which is the way the brain has immediately changed. Exactly. So that does come with... That's the limiting belief I'm talking about. We've developed uh, because of our experiences or what people have told us or if your body is telling you one way or the other. But if we went beyond that and said that it is possible, it's not possible tomorrow, but it's possible at a certain time, mm -hmm. you develop it. So what you do is you learn skills you develop discipline, you develop, um, you know, somebody, a training master who's going to treat, 
uh, sorry, teach you how you um, can achieve this and go step by step and step by step. And every day you tell yourself it's possible. I can do it. I can do it. So you see how the thoughts are created in your mind. It is enabling your body to reach that stage. So right. eventually in a month, two months, three months, whatever your goal is, you run a 50 miler and then you, you realize that it was only because of your mind deciding that I can do it. So this is the problem for most of us. Yes. And we, are own, we sabotage ourselves and because of this mind telling you, you cannot do it. And so you decided, I cannot do it and it will not be able to do it. And it's, mm-hmm. however simple it might seem, it is not simple because when you start training, for example, in the same example, your body's gonna hurt, your legs are gonna say, why the heck are you doing this? Not the leg, meaning the leg is gonna hurt, so your mind will tell you again, it's the same thing with the mind. I don't know why I took this on, I don't know what I was thinking, all these negative stream of thoughts which was connected to the original feeling that, oh, I can't do this 50 miler. So, but one has to overcome that, you know, mm-hmm. mind chatter and keep going and going before you know it, you're there. Mm-hmm. And it is a gradual development. Absolutely, because you could do it immediately, but again, if you open up your mind amazingly and say, I can yeah. do it, it'll happen sooner. But mm-hmm. it's that's not the norm. Right. It takes time for, because how do these people, like these basketball players, you know, if you read about their um, history, like Michael Jordan, you know, he would go to a game, he would win a game, and then within an hour, he's back in practice. So because he knows that he has to do it continuously. And so mm-hmm. that's got to be the discipline to go beyond your mind and say, I'm not going to rest here, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going. Right. And that comes, and, and that's innate in some people, and it's developed in some people. Yeah. But it is possible for sure for every human being. It is not any, Michael Jordan is not any different from anybody else who has never played basketball. <laughs> but yes, he may have some innate advantages of height and some anatomical and physiological aspects. But if somebody wants to really do it, it's 99% of, you know, um, perseverance or perspiration as they call it. You know, one person is inspiration. It's just starting off, but the rest of it is how much one is willing to do for what they want to do could we put it this way also that a decision can be made you know based on one's life stage and circumstances as well as passion like michael jordan as you're saying or others even you as a medical doctor uh and as a specialist in you know these different areas uh, uh that a decision can be made to fully awaken the brain to its capacity you know we talk about awakening energy we talk about balancing the body making the body fit but many times the language regarding the brain is not used or we don't hear it in common parlance you know so i thought maybe you could say more about that because there's the corpus callosum the 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 part that really you know uh, connects the two hemispheres maybe you could talk about that in the context of the two hemispheres and this uh, this possibility of the brain reaching its maximum potential there is definitely that possibility. And if you look at ancient history in the East, in India, there are a lot of saints and sages who've done it. So that's why you have to look at different aspects. So mm. you have to go into um, things like the mind, um, where we go beyond the mind. Yeah. And there is, when I say mind, I'm talking about the mind chatter, yeah, going the, beyond the mind chatter. Particularly the harmful conditioning. Exactly. So that's the 
you know the smaller mind where you're yes. talking about the chatter which is telling you things which you don't want to hear you have to go beyond it and then you say um you know positive things in the beginning but then you experience it through meditation meditation is a huge um tool uh which enables you to go beyond the mind and the body yes. and that is when you create new possibilities and where because you're neutral you realize that real you who you are and who you are as an um awakened being or a um um supreme energy being not just a physical what you're looking at matter you know the flesh and bones being mm-hmm. and that is what you would get in touch with more and more as you do more and more your whole brain functioning starts getting better and the and the physical body absolutely so there is there are even physical exercises which you can do with the energy exercises which can actually enhance um your whole brain development or usage mm-hmm. rather your whole brain um how much you're using um in there is a um uh, i forget his name i think his name is paul denison if i'm not right it's called the brain gym and he had figured this series of exercises which enhance the functioning of both hemispheres of the brain and the advantage of that was how and he was using more in context of kids who had learning disabilities and what he noticed is the learning disabilities in a lot of kids was not actually a learning disability it's just because there's certain parts of the brain were not awakened or not functioning right. so when he used certain exercises which is more like energy exercises which is more physical but then again energy moves with the body yeah. when you do those exercises you see that the whole brain starts functioning the areas which are not functioning before starts getting stimulated and stay it starts functioning and they learning disability goes away and they're not mm-hmm. dyslexic anymore mm-hmm. um they used to have problem with speech it is not there anymore so they're actually using these techniques in a lot of these um and rehabilitating children um to have their brain function so that uh, that is one level but we are talking about even regularly when yes. you can do these meditation and exercises and energy um medicine all these have showed that you can use your brain to the optimal and the full level yes and it is all up to that person and mm-hmm. you how much you want to use that brain and of course when you use the whole brain you can imagine what you can do there's no limit to that mm-hmm. physically right i think it's a tremendous idea you know to um uh take a personal journey into the awakening the full awakening of one's capacities by awakening one's brain again each person's life is different their passions are different but because uh, so are are you saying that this kind of awakening uh is uh it is inherently possible that this 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 possibility is there in everyone assuming there's not brain damage and things like that. so could you could you distinguish between for the group of people that it is possible for the group of people that it's not possible so that kind of medical side yeah so if if at least for now i can say i don't know what the future holds i'm hoping that with everything every generation it changes as we go along if somebody's had some baby or kid has had um anoxic brain damage that means when they were born they didn't 
did not get enough oxygen to the brain and um, destroyed a considerable number of cells in the brain. Um, so they, that would be hard for them to have a normal life, even if you're trying to do the best right. we can. Exactly. And then cerebral palsy is the other one, which mm-hmm. is a problem. Then, of course, chromosomal deficiencies right. is a problem. These are genetic problems. Exactly. So congenital, that is a problem. But uh, something which is behavioral, which yes. means that the kids not have um, have not attained milestones is something a bit debatable. That's where I think these kind of um, modalities like energy medicine and brain exercises and uh, meditation could be, and music therapy and things like that could definitely be useful to have the kids have a normal or even a better life you know, than normal. Right, so that's that nature-nurture connection that is talked about you know it's not nature versus nurture so, so I, I think we're going to say something it's a combination of both yeah. some some innate which is natural and then a lot of it is nurture so mm-hmm. nature i think is there but it's again a small part of it and nurture is the bigger part of it so mm-hmm. i would say if we if the passion is there you will find ways and there are even new ways maybe or ancient ways however you want to put it to get to the point or to the point in life where you want to be right so so if a person uh, assuming they have <coughs> a structurally normal brain uh, even though it's a structurally normal brain people still have so much distress they have imbalances problems things that you talked about before these things can be stopped uh, potentially at least uh, by 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 the kind of approach you're uh, presenting um, you talk about a belief, like a personal belief that this can be done. Uh, what do you mean by that? I mean, it, it, you know, how, how does a, an individual create such a belief or how does that belief develop that no, I can actually really enhance my dormant capacity? I mean, does it begin with a belief that, that I have a phenomenal amount of dormant energy? I mean, where does this begin? One has to believe it is, um, it comes with some of them is innate, but some of them is comes with life situations too. Yes. And sometimes when people hit rock bottom, then they realize there has to be something more. This cannot be it. And that's one of the situations when they kind of dig deeper and say, no, I can't believe it. I have to just find another way to go you know, deeper and right. see what is possible. Yeah, as, as opposed to continuing to go into the negative side and become suicidal and some terrible things could be the, uh, that awaiting a person. Correct. So usually life circumstances teach you a lot of these things. But then sometimes you can be influenced by other people, can be motivated by other people. And that could be something you say, wait a minute. I, or sometimes you can go through in life where they, you feel that it's, um, you know, like people who, who are in the 40s, they call it as midlife crisis, where you're feeling like that you've been through the basic stuff, but there's something more. It cannot be just just basically getting an educate, growing up, going to college, going to school, going, getting an education, having a job, having a family, and then what? Yeah. It can be in the next sure. 50 years of your life, you're just cruising along and you're still not happy. So that's another point, different stages in life where you dig deep and say, there is something else more. Let me see what else can I do. So people a lot of times start to go into <coughs> spiritual area or they go into physical area, meaning um, getting into a sport, yeah. getting into you know physical challenges, yes. um, wherever to have goals in their lives or even uh, business-wise. If somebody's a businessman, how can I expand? Can I find new 
avenues in this field so essentially those are the times those are inbuilt in every human that mm-hmm. to find ways of improving themselves or yes. um enhancing trying to find the new potential yeah. again and again and again so it's like trying to discover where one's passion is trying to find new potential so that life is worth living there's meaning in life there's there's purpose in life there's good relationships there's each per, per, people are looking forward to living each day and, and growing and expanding so could we so, so my question is regarding uh back to the the physiology anatomy of the brain you know the corpus callosum is like a bridge that connects the the two hemispheres uh in this awakening that you're talking about or, or in this greater capacity could you describe without going too technical what is hap- potentially happening uh with regards to neurotransmitters which people have heard of uh what is happening with regards to things like dopamine and serotonin uh and then what may also be happening structurally uh if you could say something about that when this happens yes, yeah as a person is beginning to awaken their passions mm, and mm. try to rebalance their lives and all these things that you're talking about if a person is actually taking such a path what's going on in in the brain there? yeah so yeah like you said the neurotransmitters play a big role in it so, so first of all what is a neurotransmitter so there are certain chemical substances in the brain which are secreted when you do certain things which make you feel good or go to a state where it is amazing and everybody loves it and that's why people choose alcohol mm-hmm. people choose smoking but not so much as smoking but it's a mild one even eating for example sugar um and drugs so these are all why do people do it not just for nothing just because they're bored yeah. they are doing this because they want to see um another state of mind where they could be so there's a different state of mind generated by the the various uh, illicit drugs smoking gambling hypersexuality shopping addictions those kinds of things absolutely so that is what they're looking at it may not be the material themselves yeah. but what does it what does yeah. it where does it lead you or what does it do to you yes. where does it lead you as far as in, in your emotional or mind state and that is why people are always looking for different things because it's easier to and they don't know this any other way so they look at it as a substance mm-hmm. which is bringing you that state but but if you really look at it um a little more deeper and you know what what it is is the substance is just a um a thing which is causing you to um experience the state but the hormone secreted is in your body even though the substance stimulates yeah. it but your your like for example the dopamine is secreted in it's your body there. it's yeah. there in your body it's just enhancing it mm-hmm. so you could choose good ways and you know better ways to do it like meditation yes. um like um like exercise, you know yeah. um exercising you could um play music art all of those are different ways of stimulating those um hormones for, to achieve that state yes yeah, so so to be able to do that without creating damage exactly you do not want because there are all side effects when you choose substances mm-hmm. but you are trying to do this in a way which is natural which is long lasting okay. it's not short last short you know just a short period of time and you take the substance and it's gone right. these are things which will help it stimulate and keep it there and lasting longer um so that you experience your experiences much much you know long lasting r- rather than <coughs> uh just mm-hmm. for short periods of time so which would be indicative of a type of transformation 
at the synaptic level and at the neurotransmitter level of the brain, if a person is progressing in this awakening of the brain uh, to its potential. Absolutely. Say about that. Absolutely. So that is why they have different waves in the brain, wave yes. patterns in the yeah. brain. And they've done experiments. So they've done brain mapping. Um, Dr. Dispenza, who is very famous for um, his meditations and his um, teachings and his workshops, um, he does uh, brain mapping, but he has done these sessions where his students have gone into different you know, phases of meditation and when the different waves are, um, you know, they have a different waves patterns yes. being seen and you can go up to, you know, alpha, delta, uh, theta and the highest is gamma. So when they are in this gamma wave and they're in this apparently the deepest state of meditation, they are so in ecstasy, but the brain waves actually show as if they are having a seizure. So there's a difference between that and the gamma waves. So the gamma waves is good for you, whereas a seizure is obviously, it's deleterious to the health. Mm -hmm. So it could be that extent of how much energy is generated in your brain to get that state essentially. So there are different wave patterns is why you feel different ways. And um, it's almost like a human nature to a kind of, you know, curiosity, and how far can you go? Right. So it, it, this type of progression for personal development, for more homeostatic balance, <coughs> for also uh, enhancing mental function, brain function, enhancing body, all of that, it sounds to me, what you're saying is that there is going to be significant development in physiology of the brain, of the body, uh, where the where the actual design of the body, the anatomical design of the body, is is such that it's capable of this kind of function. It's dormantly there, but somehow we as human beings really haven't accessed all of that potential. Absolutely, that's the key. That's why I said, as being humans, you have so much potential. One one doesn't even know that, yeah. and that is why one has to always try to go beyond their comfort zone. Because what is comfort? Is comfort yeah. is the body. So if you yield to the senses and you don't want to move, then you're not going to be experiencing all this. It may be uncomfortable mm -hmm. in the beginning, so, but then you will reach that state mm -hmm. where you get to experience so much that you you sure. will realize that it was all worth it. Sure, absolutely. I, I mean, you know, you talk about comfort zone, and and we want to move out of the comfort zone into challenging oneself for further development uh, you know, through one's passions, through one's desires and, and activities. I want to ask you about the comfort zone. What is a comfort zone? And the follow-up with that is what's going on neurologically in simple language in the comfort zone that you want to change? Comfort zone is very simple. You do not want to change what you're going through for fear of pain because let's say I'm asked, you know, somebody needs to, let's say they're relaxing, they're on a beach, and somebody tells them that they have to move and go and get something to do something. So there's two ways of looking at comfort zone. One is the mind and then the body. Mm -hmm. So usually the mind is the first cause. So the mind doesn't like because by making the body go out of the comfort zone that is getting up, going out and going and getting something is going to cause me pain. And not pain in the sense like bad kind of a pain, but just, you know, I don't want to do it. So that is 
the going out of the comfort zone, the simplest definition. Yeah, right, right. So it does involve the mind and the body. But when you go out of that comfort zone, you realize um, that not in the short, I'm not talking about these in these short instances, yeah. but something which you, for example, if somebody needs to progress or get a promotion in their job, they have to go beyond what they're actually doing so they can actually move up. Mm-hmm. But what is in the beginning, it's hard because you don't want to do it in the simplest mm-hmm. fashion. And if you do it, then you figure out when you get that to a point of fulfilling or fulfillment or achieving something you in the normal circumstances wouldn't have achieved, mm-hmm. then you get the sense of achievement, which you're looking, that's the reward. So it's right. the reward, which is so beautiful that your journey is worth it. So you have to get there, though, to the t- that thought pattern yeah. to say that I want to do this because it's going to get me there and I'm going to feel wonderful when I get there. And the journey is hard, but this is so sweet that I'm worth. it's worth doing this. And so two things happen. One is the journey itself is a beautiful one because you realize how you can go beyond your comfort zone. And even though it was hard, but it was fulfilling, mm-hmm. even during the journey. Of course, the, not to mention when you achieve your goal, you're completely yes. fulfilled. Yes. So that's the beauty of knowing, and and it's a it's kind of like a um, um, something which you never knew you had a potential mm-hmm. which you never knew you had it in you that you could do it. So that also sure. brings you to the point that to even for that thought pattern to continue, hopefully, uh, to the realization that. I am more than what I seem to be. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And you want to get to that level periodically again and again and again mm-hmm. to have this good life you're talking about, a yes. satisfied and a fulfilling life. Definitely, yeah, and th- which would be a state of existence. So the goal is not simply that it's like a temporary thing, like someone achieves like a high with a drug or something like that. It's not like that. It's different from that. It's much different from that because, again... Most of the time when we are doing things, um, I would say even achieving like physical feats like doing marathons and everything, it's always fulfilling because you're going beyond um, your normal normalcy and what you have achieved because you did f- go through the pain, mm-hmm. but despite the pain you made it. and. The fact that you can go beyond the pain and actually do it is wonderful. It's just a beautiful feeling. So let's go back to this comfort zone notion for a moment. People who have uh, diseases or they have chronic illnesses or however you want to say it, they are in a, I'm putting this in quotation, in a comfort zone that the body is telling them that there's something wrong, but they're still in that zone many times in the same behavioral patterns, which is a type of comfort zone, because it's psychologically somehow comfortable in a behavioral pattern that is still causing damage to the body. And the body is giving signals that, hey, you got all these problems, all the symptoms are there. You know, so from a medical point of view also, uh, how does a person uh, really get tuned to this fact that this kind, of, this kind of disturbance is happening? I'm in this comfort zone, but I really shouldn't be in this comfort zone. But I'm still in that, you know. So, so it's so. Could you talk more about that? Perhaps? Yeah. So that's 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 a, a I would say a different concept. 
Yes. So what happens is, um, I think in one of my previous recordings, I had mentioned about how you develop this conditioning. Yes. So and we get into this harmful conditioning. Exactly. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's uh, so what happens in as we said this, you know, even like I, I was I had talked more in terms of um, you de- you 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 get into this conditioning level because of your on stream of thought pattern right. and where your body's receptors change and everything changes so it gets into this new norm or a new pattern right, right, right. so it's the same thing with many you know drugs or substances or anything like that where it has gotten into a state so what the brain um perceives as it doesn't want the brain perceives that this familiar this is now familiar even yes. though it is uncomfortable yes even though it's disturbing even though it is causing havoc in your life but it's familiar so are you describing how the comfort zone is generated the harmful comforts that's what i'm kind of asking yes. you also so it is generated and it's been conditioned and the brain looks at is this this is familiar and your body saying mm-hmm. yes this is familiar because the brain started mm-hmm. in the body and both mm-hmm. of them is a vicious cycle do not want to move from that right even though it is harmful <laughs> so it's almost like you know that it's going to be good when you make the change but we are not sure so the fear of unknown even though there's a potential there's a possibility right. of a good outcome right the familiar is so much better because it's familiar mm-hmm. you do not want to go there to that outcome mm-hmm. and that is why it's a hard choice it is very difficult so it's now become a mind body pattern so it's yeah. not no more just one mind and just body differently which is what what's talked about is like hardwiring these patterns are neurologically connected even memories are are hardwired neurologically mm-hmm. like chemically Absolutely but we've conditioned it over time and we don't know that. Yeah, like the same pattern repeating over and over yes. and over again. But that's because again like I said it's not that you cannot do it but you need to be intent so strongly that you want to change it for your better and that is why it needs a lot of uh, motivation you need yeah. people to keep you going and um you know saying that this is better this is not so good so it takes a lot of support sure. uh from the community from your family uh in the real way and the person obviously exactly. so it's of course primarily the person to say that i really want to get out of it but i'll do it i just need help i'm going to ha- get help from you know uh people who are good with it who are experts yes. like rehab you know psychiatrists psychologists uh whoever that is um other people like your family your you know close close friends whoever it is who are going to keep an eye on you and just keep motivating you can do it you can do it right. i'm not saying that's the only answer but it's one sure, of them sure. but that person has to be saying that i need to make a change i've had enough mm-hmm. i don't want to live like this right right absolutely but which so so could you talk about the uh direct personal first person awareness that has to develop about moving out of the comfort zone in such a way that the old conditioning patterns are seen that yeah I, these these are my patterns this is what i've gone through but i am choosing not to be stuck in that okay even if i make that choice let's say i for example make such a choice i think because the new pattern is unknown to me so i want to ask you about that because yeah if i say i want to develop a new pattern but what would that be i mean and it would be different for each person in some ways there are some general principles so that transition 
from the old pattern, which is the memory and the, the hardwiring, into this new pattern, because there's still going to be a pattern, but a pattern that has tremendous benefit, that's, that's what we're looking for. So that 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 unknown is is that's what it is it's not known uh, and, and it's hard to to go into this could you talk about that some more yeah so that's the thing the fear of unknown is the problem here how why people don't change because you feel that even though um i'm not doing so great um i'm not in a good situation my body's hurting my body's telling me that it's not going to last long yeah. but i don't i'm not so i have this fear of what it could be it could be good it could be not so good i don't know that and that is the fear for most people who are have substance abuse is, issues yeah. um it's hard for them to go into that zone that's one thing but the second thing is also how much is that person willing to go through pain so and, there's a bit of discomfort from going from the comfort zone into this new healthy comfort zone, there's a transition. A lot of pain. A lot of. When you discomfort. say pain, what do you mean by like physically, level, emotionally? Emotional pain, um, anxiety, um, physical pain, physical discomfort. There's all these <laughs> levels which one has to say, I know, and that's the faith thing where you're going to say that I have faith right. in the future or I am sick of this. I don't care what the future holds. I am, I'm, I'm willing to see whatever it, 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 you know, whatever it, it is. So I am willing mm-hmm. to go through this discomfort or pain in the body, in the emotional. A lot of it starts with emotional problems, if you look at it, because mm-hmm. people have anxiety, people have PTSD, people have OCD, right. whatever it is. And so to mask it is why they do it, sure. because they think of that as a... Um, recurring phenomenon. It's not something we, which you can leave behind or they haven't left behind and moved on. So that is um, a lot of it. So when you are in a natural state and you're changing, you have to be in the current state, not only emotional pain, but now you have physical pain with it. Right. So this is the combination people are not willing to overcome or they're not willing to go through. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I've uh, heard that the brain reacts in a very similar way to emotional and physical pain, like the sim- same type of receptors or regions are active. Maybe you can talk more about that because if someone has an injury, physical body injury, there's pain. But if there's emotional pain, is it true that the same or similar regions of the brain are active? Absolutely. Could you talk about that? Yeah, so the biggest example is phantom pain. Right, so phantom limb. Exactly. So the point is if somebody has an amputation knee the leg is all out like leg has been you know um amputated they can still feel the pain extensively in that um region and what is that from which is in the brain actually. exactly so pain is inevitable because you're going to have these receptors and so to begin with why do we have pain how do we get pain yes. because there are certain receptors it's almost the body it, it's it's inbuilt in our in our beings to protect us from harm so if you put your finger in the flame, if you don't have any receptors to say, oh my God, it burns, you're gonna put and damage your hand. So that's mm-hmm. why you it's built for that. But yes. what we do is we put a lot of emotion in it. Mind interprets it, the way the mind interprets it is completely different. So the interpretation of the experience is, is what ca- causes even more difficulty. Exactly, and so it's, it's almost like the mind explores it in so much detail mm-hmm. and Exas, you know, kind of um, magnifies it, yeah. and in different ways. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's different things for different people, yeah. and so it stays. That's why. That's why we have chronic pain, 
Otherwise, there is nothing called chronic pain because body knows how to repair stuff and the body is not going to allow you to stay in pain. Yeah. But the memory of the pain, the, the um, experience of the pain, of the memory of the experience of the pain is what you carry on and on and on and it becomes bigger. And that's exactly why you carry it um, you know, as pain for a longer time. So if now if you combine in this person who has substance abuse with emotional pain as well as uh, physical pain, uh, which is which kind of goes together, it's hard for them to overcome the physical pain now to make the big change. Right. So it is not easy, but that's why I said there needs to be a lot of support um, where you keep saying that the other side is better, the other side is going to be beautiful, you have to just hold your hand, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And that will hopefully stim, you know, motivate that person to be in that, come into that zone or shift into that zone yeah. where a, a, something good is awaiting. There's a light at the end of the mm-hmm. tunnel. So, so there's a path to uh, create a new set of patterns, new set of uh, behavioral patterns, a new new good comfort zone. There's a this transition from this old harmful comfort zone to this new comfort zone and there is discomfort there's pain there's there's quite a bit of uh, agitation that could happen uh, you know so that person may want to eat all kinds of unhealthy food but they have to stop that they have to exercise more they have to do different things and that's not necessarily very comfortable that's not necessarily uh, the uh, experience that a person wants. So how does a per how does a person develop that courage to walk that kind of path, assuming that the path is clear? So I got two questions here: how to clarify that path? Okay, well I can say that I want to get out of my old comfort. I can say that, but I need a path that's clear in my mind of to, you know so that I can get into that new good reestablished homeostasis, good comfort zone. So how does how is that path clarified? That's one question. And then the second question is, how do, you know, how do I then get that motivation? Because you talk about motivation to really say that, yeah, I'm going to do this on a day-to-day-to-day basis. So there's two questions there. So my recommendation would be to really start something like breathing techniques or meditation or anything like that. Firstly, to uh, decrease the chatter of the mind. Mm-hmm. So when so you... that's part of the path. Correct. So when you do that, you can find some clarity as to what you want. But, uh, okay, right, that's true, but uh, let's say a person, just hypothetically, has high blood pressure, has diabetes, has, let's say, two or three medical problems. They don't want those problems. They say that, well, you know, I got these problems, I don't want them. How, what can I do about these problems in such a way that so I can go into this new a new pattern, this new type of life. So, so is that the role of the medical professional, or whose role is it to, to show this path? Uh, that's my question. You can tell people what you eat and how to go about it for the medical conditions, but that is not long, long-lasting. No, so, 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 yeah, so the, so the doctors and other people, nurses, et cetera, are giving this path mm-hmm. uh, ac- across the country. Yeah. But that is not what is long-lasting. If you want to really achieve it, one has to really figure out what is what they want, not in terms of you know, not getting rid of the disease, but yeah. the ultimate goal. It's called the big why. Mm-hmm. Why do I want to be healthy? Yeah, Why do so I want to not have blood pressure? Exactly. What am I going to do with my life? 
not doesn't have to be you know the you know the big stuff in life but even like say a month after mm-hmm. what do you do what do i want to be able to do what will i be able to do if i didn't have the blood pressure ah, or the diabetes that's the very very important question what would i be able to do if i didn't have that particular diabetes or particular medical health problem because the diabetes is and and, and it's causing some level of discomfort pain etc imbalances but if those imbalances go away how is my life better exactly so that's not enough so that's why you have to say what am i going to do if i don't have all this what is it allowing exactly. me to do so it's what- not it's not simply a matter of just stopping the problem it's what you're going to do differently in your life a person can do differently to evolve further if that if those problems are no longer there yes so that's called the big why so we have to figure that out slowly as to um what would life be how would life be without my diseases without all these medications that i'm taking all the things i'm not able to do because of the okay. disease i'm not able to walk i'm not able to um you know i get chest problems i get um breathing issues um it could be anything any of these sure. if i'm not that's not enough so that's why you have to <coughs> tell one has to tell themselves as if i don't have these issues what is my future and a lot of times we have to bring that into the person's um current awareness because people don't think that first of all they're no, not no. they're not even they're not even thinking about that there is something else there exactly. so that is the point so one has to be brought to that level of awareness that's why we talk about every time awareness mm-hmm. about the fact that you can you are firstly capable of doing more not anybody has told them that because you look around them they look around themselves and everybody's doing the same thing and say okay this is life this is all there is there's nothing else if somebody told them if you didn't have the disease you could do this or you could do that how about that so that's something which one has to cultivate and say that what else am i able to do so that is one thing and the second question when you came on to that is when you and that has to be something brought to awareness on a daily basis this is why the routine is important where we talk about yes. um you know meditating uh, visualization again and again and again affirmations which tell them that i want this i want this and i want this. this is the goal this is the goal so when you do it consistently enough that settles in your subconscious mind as to say that now i am really think i'm really thinking of getting you know rid of these things by so i have to have my path carved out on how i'm going to do it until yes. that happens you cannot give them a path right you have to there's no point that is it's futile they will do it it's not like they don't do it but they won't keep it that's why people fall off people yeah. don't maintain it for a lifetime even, why even like an ex- exercise routine a lot of people get excited about it in the beginning for a couple of months if that even and then this just goes back to the old pattern again that's because a harmful pattern yes exactly so the old pattern is very powerful it took so many years to build it so mm-hmm. the new pattern also will take time to build it but you have to have consistently that that's why that big why or that big goal mm-hmm. as to what you want to do with your life and and, and uh, you know there's the experience of living uh if it's a, there's a healthy body let's assume for a moment in theory <coughs> in theory there is a very healthy person then if the body is very healthy would you say that that is an indication that the mind is also very healthy or is it possible that the health the body can be very healthy but mind is not healthy what do you say about that well it can be honestly it can be because i have known many people 
which who have seen um who exercise diligently who um who um eat right um do all the things they're supposed to do and i'm not saying permanently i'm talking about temporarily yeah. it if you look at their tests and everything it will all be okay but they they could be in they could not not necessarily be happy mentally or emotionally right so that emotional space that mental space emotions desires memories relationships financial situations things that happen in life these things can overwhelm an individual or contaminate the psychological space which would then eventually have some effect on the body too i would assume i mean absolutely but i'm saying that is possible people, yeah. but that is only in the beginning it's not permanently remain, yeah. yeah so i think one has to really that's why go inwards being more aware of the thoughts that's what we talked about in all the recordings yeah. yes. as why you have to develop a pattern while you have to develop a routine so if you look at yourself and you build that you know change your emotional state your feeling state mm-hmm. then it would help them to build a stronger inner environment which is of course um which is more stable so that they can handle the situations better as it comes along like bills to be paid or whatever it's whatever they're facing in their body and so it'll have less effect on the body because every time you're stressed out your body is affected but it's but it stays it's a little slower because you're doing all the other things but eventually it's going to catch on you may not have blood pressure and diabetes but you have something else you may have ibs for example you may have fibromyalgia chronic fatigue syndrome so there's different things for different people but yes absolutely emotional state is the key so num- now somebody who could have a g- good emotional state and be somewhat relatively not in perfect health can still have a better life Yes. than somebody who has um exercised all their lives and eaten right but then have an anxious you know yes. um state of mind right. so it's again about the whole life you're talking yeah, about yeah it's the quality of life yes. and, and, and the quality of experience yes. you know so so the the physiology of the body the balancing of the body the physiological systems that all need to play well together uh, all of that has uh to do a lot has a lot to do as you're saying with the the impact of the mind on the brain and the brain's impact on the body is that the link what you're trying yeah. to say the brain and the mind it's hard to separate yeah, it you can say it the same yeah it's the yeah. same so um that's one 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 um aspect together yeah. and that's effect on the body is everything so that is why it's so important and and in in life we are all here as human beings with a certain we've come here for something each individual Some has come for something yeah. not just experiences you've here to fulfill some desire right. whatever that is so when until you fulfill that desire you have this longing you don't have this um peaceful state you're restless you are so that's what we want to figure out and i'm not saying you need to figure out in a day but slowly no. these goals or these um big why when you have that it becomes a little easier to get on the path and start doing things otherwise it is almost like impossible everything is short you know it happens in short phases yeah. and you're like mm-hmm. and you're not able to do it after a while and just one final point here because we're almost out of time here um people are stuck in negative thought loops as you said stated negative cyclical patterns even physiologically there's diseases and problems that tend to cycle over and over again could you just say something briefly about the 
clarity that needs to be there about that's about harmful cycles. Just a brief comment about that. Yeah, it, definitely. That's and the awareness. Some, and, then, and then some closing comments. And that's the awareness we're talking about. And that's why you need those tools in between to get to that awareness of where you're going. And that needs... Uh, and that can only happen, you know, when you when you're using those tools. Give you that few minutes to introspect about it, mm-hmm. and s- that's why introspection is a huge thing, mm-hmm. um, which people need to, ex- you know, put it in their schedule, literally, um, at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, to see where their life is going. Are they happy with it? Are they satisfied? Right. Is there something else they could do? And when you, because if you don't have that awareness, you're just going with the flow, and it's like a rudderless boat, and wherever the wave carry you you just go um is that wrong or right there is no wrong and right if that person is satisfied with that kind of a life then fine he was he's like a traveler from traveling from one place to the other and in 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 waves or um you know kind of uh, literally traveler is the best huh. example huh. so that's okay too but sure. as long as they're happy and they feel that that's their purpose that's what they came in for yeah. but if not, then they know that there is something else and they need to figure that out. Very nice. All right. That's a very, very nice uh, conversation. Once again, that was Dr. Chetna Kripalu from Trinity Medical Associates from the Angel Wing Program. And uh, thank you for thank all you. those who are listening to this. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Chetna. Thank you. Stick.